Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Bosho. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. Come on, give him your biggest praise that you can tonight. We are believing God for the fire to fall here tonight. And also Kebeka on Wednesday night. Come on, Port Elizabeth, we are going to see the fire of God come your way in the cricket stadium. So everybody in the area, in the Eastern Cape area, make your way to the cricket stadium. We are going to see a move of God there on Wednesday night. We're excited. We can't wait for our harvest event in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Welcome to Faith TV, Praise TV, Facebook Live, YouTube, CRC Online, radio stations all across South Africa and all our many, many followers. Millions of you in Russia, Israel, America, Europe, India, Pakistan, China and Africa. Listen, God is still in control and He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Come on, if you are ready for a move of God, ready for God to move in your life, give Him one more praise in this place tonight. In the name of Jesus. St. George's Cricket Stadium, right? Amen. Hallelujah. Wednesday night, invite your world, tell people we are there. And you better praise God tonight. Listen, I'm preaching with two attendants torn off my shoulder. I've done it now for the last two weeks. I have to go for an operation whenever, but we are about God's kingdom business. Okay, so you can put your two hands together and give the Lord a big praise. Hallelujah. Praise Him as I would have praised Him if I was in your place. Amen. We don't roll over. I said we don't roll over. We are part of God's kingdom. We are His church. We are His people. And I want to tell you tonight that Jesus is still in control and is coming back for a triumphant, victorious, glorious church. Not a rollover, white knuckle, hideaway, apologetic church. Our best days are ahead as the Christians. Say Amen. I said our best days are ahead as Christians in South Africa and in all the nations of the world. Welcome to all the churches with us. In Blumenau, Johannesburg, Ladybrain, Belito, Bethlehem, Cape Town, Durban, East London, False Bay, George, Hermanus, Jeffreys Bay, Katu, Kimberley, Clarksdorp, Kales River, Marking, Malmesbury, Mitchells Plain, Moinoy, Nelspray, Paddle, Peter Marisburg, Pulakwani, Port Elizabeth, come on, clap your hands, Portsmouthstrom, Kwakwa, Rustenburg, Uppington, West Coast, Booster, Gabrone, Tsume, Ongativa, Sogovment, and Ventuk. And I want to say to all the pastors out there, um, we are so proud of what you are doing. Uh, uh, Pastor Andres Vermeulen, just, they just acquired a piece of land in Vienachang. So that's a good thing. Soon to build a church in Vienachang. And then we are in a building project in Potsdam. Um, the students had an outreach, over 3,000 people there. 600 people got saved. Well done to Pastor Louis and Lesna. So we are on the move. And then our church in Cape Town is negotiating for two properties to acquire. And Gaberone is building a 3,000-seater. Kimberley is in a 3,000-seater building project. So we have not slowed down in COVID. We are unstoppable in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to lift your one hand tonight. You know, we are not here to play church. We are here to be the church. 
And too many people have gone into a lullaby mode. It's like God has to wake up His church, His remnant. And I pray tonight that you are part of that remnant. Watching on television, standing here tonight in one of our churches, that you are sick and tired of being sick and tired. And you are one of those that refuses to conform. You refuse to fit in. You refuse to be mediocre. You refuse to be what this world wants you to be. You are going to live a powerful life and you are going to live a life for the glory of God. So say this tonight, say, Father, baptize me afresh with the Holy Ghost and with power in Jesus' Name. If you believe it tonight, give the Lord a praise. Come on. Take your seats, thank you. Um, I want to talk to you tonight about the Holy Spirit and power. Everybody say power. It's like in many circles, people have reduced the Holy Spirit to a experience, a manifestation, speaking in tongues or prophesying. And although the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to speak in tongues and prophesy, He gives you something much greater. He gives you power. Power to live a victorious life. Power to work the works of Christ. I want to say it tonight, that Jesus Christ is still in control. It's like some people think one day the devil is winning and the next day God is winning. Oh no, my brother and my sister, the battle has been won and the foe has been overcome and Jesus is risen from the grave and He gave us the keys of the kingdom. We have the power, we have the authority. We just have to use it in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, if you are believing a God, um, for God, for a move in your campus, then give the Lord a praise in your hostel, in your university, in your school, in your family. You are believing God for a move to save all your relatives. Then you can give Him a praise tonight. Come on. We are not gonna change things the way we did last time uh, in the past. We are going to have to do things differently, passionately and powerfully. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20, the Bible says, the Kingdom of God is not in word, but in power, say power tonight. Uh uh, I want to feel it. Say power. Well, that's the first three rows. Let's try it again. Say power. Don't be masked, don't be muzzled. The New Living Translation says, For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk, a lot of talkers, it is living by God's power. A lot of people say, I've been saved. And you have to look at them and say, saved from what? Because nothing changed. And Paul warns against that, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. A power that doesn't change us inside out. And a power that doesn't enable us to change our world. The Kingdom of God is not a powerless institution. It's not a government institution. It's not a by the way institution. The Kingdom of God is what Jesus came to establish. It's a Kingdom of dominion, Kingdom of power, Kingdom of authority, Kingdom of victory, Kingdom of fruitfulness, Kingdom of multiplication. And you are part of that. 
That's why you can believe God for full recovery and full restoration. You can believe God that your best days are ahead of you. You can believe that God has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. So you are not gonna sit there and feel sad and sorry for yourself. You are gonna walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. I said you are gonna get up and you are gonna begin to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. You are gonna be a doctor in the power of the Holy Ghost. You are gonna be a student in the power of the Holy Ghost. You are gonna manifest the power of God in your life because this Christian life, listen, is a supernatural life. You cannot live it by the way. You cannot live it without the power of the Holy Ghost. He never came to give us a method. He came to give us a relationship. So God is still in control. And in spite of what people say about the church, it's amazing how those who do nothing know the most. But I just go back to the Bible and I believe what the Bible says. In Isaiah chapter 9, the Bible says, For unto us a child is born, unto us, unto us, me and you, a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, not the ANC. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. He's the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government peace, there will be no end. So that means the church is going to grow. The church is unstoppable. Our crusades are going to get bigger. Our church attendances are going to get bigger. Come on, your business is going to be more blessed. Say, oh, come on, in the name of Jesus. Give Him a praise where you are tonight. It says, of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. So COVID will not end the expansion of God's kingdom, the visible expansion, not the underground expansion. I mean, Facebook blocked me for the last two weeks. So you think that these technological giants, technology giants, these my almost my new word for today, um, are gonna allow God's kingdom to go on. People that say church is, is the way forward online, they know what they're talking about. What happens if these people with all the authority decide to take Christianity offline? Where's the church gonna be? Oh, you better believe the church is this tonight, where we gather together, where we worship God, where we are unapologetic, where we bring our friends, where we bring our sacrifice. That is the church of Jesus Christ. That is the church that changed the world without technology. I'm tempted sometimes to go off television because so many of our members stay in bed and watch their pastor on TV. I'm tempted at times to shut down all my services on social media so that people can get hungry and desperate for God again because God will not meet you at the place of convenience. But for those people in other countries, I would do it. I'd go off television in a heartbeat. So those who are hungry for God can get back into the house of God and do Christianity the Bible way. Not the online, by the way way. There's no power in that. Matthew chapter, I want to finish reading that. He says, upon the throne of David, over his kingdom, to order and establish with Judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal, the zeal. We're going to talk about that tonight. Of the Lord of hosts will perform it. So, 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 nothing happens 
without passion. Yeah, passion, um, meaning when the fire of God comes, you change and you, you become a burning torch. You become a light. You become an influencer. You become a powerhouse. I mean, young people don't know this, but back in the day, there was that brand powerhouse. Anybody remember that? Anybody over the age of 50? <laughs> You'll remember that. Okay, powerhouse. Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. I want to say it again, that Jesus Christ is coming again. Whether you believe it or not, and He's not coming for a church in defeat. He's not coming for a church that is afraid. He's coming back for a church that is victorious, that is triumphant, that is victorious, that is taking territory, that is plundering hell and populating heaven. He's coming back for a church of glory. Say Amen tonight in the Name of Jesus Christ. Not a gentle Jesus Kumbaya church, but a church on the move. A church full of power. We have the power, not the politicians. We have the keys of the kingdom. What we bind on earth is bound in heaven. What we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. We were created for dominion. We were created not to roll over. We were created to take over. Come on, shout amen, someone in Jesus' Name. So He's returning for an unapologetic church, not those waiting for the rapture bus. I have to say to you tonight to remind you that you are part of that kingdom, which is a victorious kingdom, which is an unstoppable kingdom. And that means God has great things in mind for you. It's like this COVID has placed people in a, a COVID vacuum where people have become neutral, lower the expectation. My question is why? God has not lost His power. God's not lost His ability to bless you. God has not lost His ability to empower you. Ephesians 3 verse 20, Now unto Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that works on the inside of us. What is that power that's in you tonight? Is it a positive power? Is it a negative power? Is it a power of expectation? Is it a power of limitation? Is it a power that sees the grapes or a power that focuses on the giants? What is the power on the inside? Because God can do according to the power that's within you. Psalm 78 verse 41, the Bible says, they limited the Holy One of Israel. They stopped God from performing miracles in their lives. And that's the challenge with many people today. They have become too neutral. They have become too neutral in their faith. They have to become too neutral in their passion. They have to become, they have become too neutral in their activity. And I'll say this, that the last words of Jesus was what? He said, go. And you never know what you can do until you go, until you get up and go, until you use what God has given you, until you use the power that Jesus promised you, until you get up and believe that you can be a world changer, a history maker. You are never gonna know what you can do while you sit in a corner, Gideon. The Lord is with you. You are a mighty man of valour. You are a mighty woman of valour. You have to get out of your depression and get back into the game in Jesus' Name. Somebody say Amen. Oh, come on in Jesus' Name. So we are His church. We are destined for rulership, to be the head and not the tail, to be above and not beneath. We are victorious, we are not victims. We don't wait for a gravy train. We don't wait for a, 
certain brigade to liberate us 2,000 years ago, we have been liberated. We have been made free. We have been given an assignment that life can be better, that Jesus came to give you abundant life. So we refuse to lower our sights. We refuse to renegotiate our dreams and our visions. We refuse to conform to those who say things will be different. The church will be different. Oh yes, it will. It's gonna be more powerful. It's gonna be more glorious. It's gonna take more territory for God. Come on, because the greater the darkness, the greater the light. All God needs from you and me is to be strong on the inside and to pursue what God says we can do. John 15 verse 8, the Bible says, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. That word much is mega. It means over and above. Not just get by. Not lower your expectation. God promises you much fruit. It's, it's like Christians think God is glorified by suffering. No, He's glorified by the way you handle suffering. He's not glorified by the suffering. He's glorified by your attitude when you go through the suffering. But God is glorified that you bear fruit in season and out of season. John 15 verse 16, He said, You have not chosen me, but I've chosen you and appointed you that, should, that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. So the early church was a thriving church. And I want to say it here tonight before I get into my message. I really want to chuckle or laugh, whatever you want to call it, when people say the days of the mega church are over. What a bunch of baloney. When people come and say quality is better than quantity. Now any businessman knows that if you have quality, it will produce quantity. You know, I figured that out all by myself and I'm, I'm not Elon Musk. If you have a quality product, it's gonna sell itself. So, the Bible says despise not the day of small beginnings, but the Bible doesn't say stay small. Although Jesus was born in a manger because there was no place in the hotel, in the inn, he didn't stay in the manger. And God sent a caravan of wise men to bring Him gold, frankincense and mirror to pay for His upbringing where Joseph had to take Him to Egypt. So God even had a plan to provide for His son when His son had to go in exile. I wanna to say to you today that God has your back and God holds your future in the palm of His hand. It's not as if God is caught unaware. It's people in the midst of COVID that have lost their passion and their zeal for God and for the things of God. And the further you move away from God, the more you are gonna find the old things in your life come back. And the more you are gonna experience trauma. But the early church, you wanna talk about a mega church, let's talk about a heaven. The Bible says there are so many people before the throne of God, you cannot even count them. 
millions of people are before the throne of God tonight as you and I are here and they are worshipping God. So if you think small is better, you are going to get a big shock when you get to heaven one day in Jesus' Name. And by the way, the first church that was ever birthed in the Bible wasn't a little church. It was a mega church. God added in one day 3,000 people. Then God added daily to the church. Then the, the number of disciples multiplied. So come on, we are trusting God to build big churches all over South Africa. We are believing God to bless His servants, not just CRC churches, but churches all over South Africa that they may experience the blessing of God. That not a building will be able to contain the move that God intends. You know, God is not glorified by one empty seat here tonight. I don't see an empty seat praising God. Amen. So who's going to fill that seat? What about the friend that you brought to church that's no longer coming to church? Whose responsibility is it to go get that person back? Have you read the Bible that we have to go find the lost sheep? We have to go find the prodigal. We are the ones that are responsible. Jesus says, go into the highways and byways and compel them to come that my house may be filled. So, so, so God's kingdom doesn't build it by itself. God's kingdom is built through people that are committed and passionate. And people that have power that we're going to talk about now. The power that you receive when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. You know, um, there cannot be rain without wet. There cannot be snow without cold. The Holy Spirit cannot be present and there's no power. So if you say you have the Holy Ghost, you are saying I'm full of power. And then the question is, where's the power? Because that power is not just to work the works of Christ. That power is to live the life of Christ. The power is twofold to transform you into the image of Christ, which is character and to empower you to work the works of Christ, which is twofold also, which is to reconcile your will to God, but then also in whatever God has called you, whether you are a lawyer, advocate, doctor, engineer, physiotherapist, whatever it is, a pastor, that God empowers you to live a life that will bear much fruit, not little fruit. So if, 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 we, if, we, if we're just bearing little results, then what is lacking? Now don't get so quiet on me because I'm trying to help you. Because the days where, where, where you can just sit and expect nothing are over. You better raise your level of expectation. You better get hungry for God, hungry for a move of God, hungry to be who God created you to be. And you have to step into what God has for you. Not just allow the same thing week after week after week after week after week and nothing changes. I mean, the height of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. So what did God say? God said, my Father is glorified by much fruit. God promises that we are to increase. God says, go into all the world. He doesn't give His disciples a little vision when He leaves, He says, go into all the world. He gives you a worldwide vision. He says, expand your, world, your, 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 your business all over the world. Expand your ministry all over the world. That's what He said to the early church disciples. You go into all the world. 
And I mean, the only world they knew was Israel. And if you've been there, it's a very small world. They didn't have CNN. They didn't have Google Earth where they could Google what's happening in the world. What they had was the Holy Ghost. And with the Holy Ghost, they had power. And they were more effective without technology, without everything else, because they walked in the power of God. Somebody shout Amen. I mean, as a doctor, if you operate, you have the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost wants to empower you to be a successful surgeon so that when that patient lies there, you know what to operate and what not to operate. I spoke to a doctor last Sunday night after the service, and I shouldn't maybe say it from the platform, but I'm going to say it. He says, Pastor, two people died. He can't give me information. They just went for minor procedures, but somebody messed up and they are both dead. So when you go for an operation, you put your life in that doctor's hands. And you better know that that doctor knows what he or she's doing. I won't see a, a, a doctor that's not a Christian. I mean, if you're dating somebody, you want to date somebody that's not a Christian? Hello, are you here tonight? So to, to, to live a successful life, you have to respect what you have. The Bible says we've received this glory in this earthen vessel. We have this treasure that money cannot buy. When Simon saw the power that the apostles had, he said, I'll give you money so you can give me the power. He said, your money perish with you because you can't buy this. And you can't sell it. Like many people sell healing. You can't sell it. Many people sell miracles. You can't sell a miracle. That's rubbish. It's deception. Send me money, I'll prophesy to you. You don't need a prophecy. You have the Bible. You have the Holy Ghost. Why do you want a prophecy? You don't need a prophecy. You need a slap up the side of the head. That's what you need. Oh, I know somebody over there can give me a prophecy. Well, I have a prophecy for you. Genesis 1 to Revelation. Read the Bible. Huh? You want me to call you out and say, you over there, come here. God says, ABC. If I actually have to tell you what God wants to say to you, I won't be able to say it over a microphone because God's not into flattering you and God's not into building your ego. God's into the change business. And that means God is gonna strike a chord in your heart that nobody else should hear. Because He knows something about you that nobody else knows. It's going to say what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. One thing you lack. We don't do that on microphones, do we? Because the next week there'll be nobody else. We want a prophecy that inflates our ego and God's not into that. So let's talk about this power that Jesus promises. I've got a few minutes left. So um, for us to take back dominion, we have to walk in the power that God promises us. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, the Bible says, you shall receive power. Say power again. Uh -uh. Okay, the balcony shout power. Mm. Okay, another chance. 
You know, being 27 years, no. When somebody opens their mouth, you know whether they believe what they say. Until you don't come to the place of knowing who you are and what you can do and then actually do it, you're not moving an inch forward. So what is the biggest thing you have to do? You have to discover who you are and you do that in God's presence nowhere else where God deals with you. And then you discover what you have received. And then you use what you have to receive and your confidence increases when you successfully use what you have received. That's how your confidence and your boldness grows. When you actually believe I've got power and you witness to people and they respond. But to be a passive Christian will never build you and persuade you of who you are and what you can accomplish. So in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus says, You will receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So what did Jesus promise when the Holy Spirit comes? He promised power, not tongues. I mean, I speak in tongues, but, but tongues is not the power. I prophesy, but prophesy is not the power. We're going to look at what power is. Because in 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul warns against a form of godliness denying the power. That is people talking, 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 and nothing changes. Hello? So it's the pastor talking, 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 and nobody changes. It's the evangelist preaching, 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 preaching. Nobody gets saved. It's just a lot of talk. There's no power. The kingdom of God is about power. Power that produces change. So if, I mean, pastors, listen to me. All of us, South Africa, hundreds of you tonight, listen to me. You are, you are not spiritual counselors. You are not spiritual psychologists. You're not there to be a psychologist. You are there to operate in the power of God. That means when a lady comes for counseling, you have to be hooked up to the Holy Ghost and you have to get the mind of God concerning that lady's situation. Because if you just have a talk to her, you are doing exactly what a psychologist is doing without the anointing. You have the anointing supposedly. That means when you sit in a counseling session, the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit should operate through you and you should read that person's mail and you should bring change to that person's life. Otherwise, it's powerless Christianity. Kingdom of God is not in talk, but in what? In power. The Kingdom of God is not in talk, but in power. The Kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. The Kingdom of God is not in conversation, but in power. So we can all talk, but if nothing changes, the conversation has no power. The counsellor has no power. The leader has no power. I love doctors, so let me go back to the, the doctor thing. If you walk with the Holy Ghost, then you will be the standout doctor. Because most doctors, and respect to all doctors, but most doctors 
When you walk in, they think about you. When you walk out, they forget about you. The doctor that is different is the one when you walk out, it's actually a caring individual that's connected with the Holy Ghost that discerns you accurately, that discerns your problem accurately and it helps you through your situation. That is a doctor that walks in power. Amen, power. So, so power that shows you where the next catch is. Power that shows you how to make the money, honey. Power that shows you where to let your nets down. Power. Not powerless. Power that gets results. It's like people think we are Christians and we shouldn't produce results. God's glorified by results. God is glorified by fruit. When we live connected with the Holy Ghost, it's impossible not to bear fruit. It's impossible. John chapter 15. It's impossible. The only thing that can stop that is a mindset, is an attitude. It's not hooking up to what Jesus promised. It's not receiving what He promised and then believing that you have received and then exercising, practicing, using the power, trusting that you have it. And when you use it, you will begin to see things change. I mean, how much time do I have for the TV? One minute, okay, bless you, I love you. Thanks for being with us. We do respect you and we thank God that you watch. Uh, But I mean, it's just no deal. If you're a CRC member, you could be in church and you don't go to church. I don't get it, I don't understand it. I'll never get it. I'll never understand it because there's no Bible verse that justifies it. It's just, it's just not on. If you're living in a place where you can't get to church, then TV is a good option for you to watch. And I know people think you, you, you're shooting yourself through the knee, but we don't build through this. We build by getting people from their couch into the local church and getting part of a family somewhere where you can be a contributor and make a meaningful difference. I know that some of you don't like this. You've tend to want to flip the channel already, but that's okay. I'm not going to compromise God's Word. Having said that, God loves you and God built His church for you. Get back to your place in the body of Christ. Get back to your local church and see what God can do. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. I seriously am thinking to go off all social media platform so that if people are hungry, they'll get out. I'm not going to assist people in their mediocrity and lukewarmness. We can still send our programs to Russia, etc., but I think I'm going to block South Africa. Yeah. There's no place in this Bible for this mediocre, by the way, Christianity. It's a form of godliness, no power. It's no sacrifice. I mean, there was a day that people wouldn't go away just to be in church. There was a day that people wouldn't move from a city because they were so connected to the church where God placed them. Now people move left, right and center because they think there's a CRC everywhere. 
I'm 10 to 1 going to take all the CRC churches offline on Sunday nights as well. I've had the discussion with pastors and said, do your own preaching, etc. But too many people are moving out of their destiny because they think it's the same everywhere. You find your pastor and you have to believe God and stay where God has planted you and placed you in the name of Jesus Christ. When we do this thing and make it too easy and accessible, people lose their respect totally for what they have. By the way, I'm not one of those ego preachers that look at likes and dislikes. I don't care nothing about likes and dislikes. I care about being a faithful servant of God. I know you're not going to live a life of victory if you don't get your children to church every Sunday, not some Sundays. If you're not in church every Sunday, not some Sundays, and you have the culture of worshipping God, not when it suits you. There's no Christianity like that. doesn't exist. doesn't exist. And if you don't like it, go find another church that can pacify you and tickle your ears because this preacher ain't doing it. But I'm tired of hearing people say, oh, pastor, we love you, we committed, we watch you on TV every Sunday. No, you're not committed, you're lazy. Lie in television while you lie in bed and, 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 and watch me preach and drink coffee and you think that's okay. Amen. Oh, give the Lord a praise, man. I mean, I haven't been to Bloomington two and a half years. Those people are hungry. People in Pretoria have become used to me. They've lost their hunger because I'm just going to be here every Sunday. Now tonight, there's four, four and a half thousand people there. I was there one Sunday and the crowds are back. Because people just reckon, well, he's going to be here in any case. Maybe not. Any case, the Greek word for power is dunamis, which means, listen, I won't go long, which means power, it means force, it means potential, it means ability, and it means strength. That's what the word power means. We know it, the, the, we get the word dynamic and dunamis. And it's, it's amazing when people say, that person has a very dynamic personality. Shouldn't we all have a dynamic personality? Or people say, he's a very dynamic preacher. Shouldn't every preacher be dynamic? If, if the Holy Ghost is dynamite? <laughs> he's a dynamic businessman. Shouldn't every businessman be dynamic? So dynamic woman. Shouldn't every woman be dynamic? Explosive? Come on. Dynamic, not, not, not. Jy is nie a kakiebos nie man, daar die vrystaat nie. Kom dame, jy is roos, halleluja. God het jou geskape in sy hewe beeld. So the word power, listen, because we have to get it, get understanding. Get wisdom, get understanding. So when the Holy Spirit comes, He gives you power. The word power means the ability or capacity to do something to get the job done. Oh, Pastor, I'm trying. Well, it's not working. Van my hart is oprecht, ek probeer my best. Nee, hart is nie oprecht nie. Want jy loop nie in die kracht van die Heere nie. Want die Heere het jou kracht belove. 
En jy is nie honger genoeg om my kracht te soek nie. Soem nie my praat van oprechte hart nie. Want Jesus het gesê, jy gaan kracht ontvang. Jy gaan kracht ontvang. Jy gaan die, die, die vermoe ontvang om dinge te laat gebeur. Jy gaan dinge beweeg. Amen. Otherwise we, 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 we are just run of the mill Christians. I watch and we have a lot of pastors and I don't want to draw a distinction between them but you watch the ones that are walking in the power of the Holy Ghost how they just expand they get land their churches grow they are blessed you talk to them they're dynamic they have vision they have power they have authority they're not slow they are passionate they, you, you just see there's something different about them you see the same with businessmen you sit with people that are excelling business it, it, it's not rocket science to figure out how they excel they've tapped into something They've tapped into their dynamic personality. They've tapped into power that comes with the Holy Ghost. Oh, they might not be talking in tongues, but they are dynamic in what they do. And listen, Christians should be the most dynamic people on planet Earth in the name of Jesus Christ. Say Amen. That word means force. So the first thing is power, which is the ability or the capacity to do something to get the job done. You get that? So we understand in a, in a secular company when you're employed, they expect you to get the job done. So now we are Christians and God's called us to expand His kingdom. We have to get the job done. And, and we have the unfair advantage, we have the, the, the anointing. So, so, so when we sing, we should sing differently than the guy that sang in a concert Friday. There should be something in the atmosphere that shifts things and changes things. Or we're not walking in the power of the Holy Ghost, we're operating merely in a soul dimension which is what people do when they counsel. They counsel people in a soul dimension. They cry with a person, but the person doesn't change. It's a waste of time. Otherwise, you should get out of the ministry, go study psychology and be a psychiatrist and put that person on, 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 on tranquilizers. That's not your job, girl. Your job is to get answers from heaven to change that woman's situation. Home Salida. Oh, come on, if you're going to clap, clap better than that. Otherwise, I'll say amen. So receiving the power, this, it also means the force. Energy. <laughs> Energy. Oh, my word. It's like the past in a little village in America. Every Monday, he just went outside and he watched the steam train that went up a hill. And as the, the, stray, the train went up, it, it, that locomotive just made it and went over on the other side. And somebody asked him once, why do you do that? He said, because it's the only thing I don't have to push to get anything done. Do you have the Holy Ghost? You are energetic. Energy. I said, you have Energy. Energy that doesn't come from proteins and vitamins. You have Holy Ghost energy. You have the life of God on the inside of you. 
You have the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. You're on a mission. You have the energy. You have the ability. You have the force to change things. You have the force. Matthew 11, 12, the Bible says, Since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven suffered the violence, and the violent take it by force. Listen to what the Passion Translation says. He says, Passionate people takes hold of its power. You know, kissing your wife without passion is like kissing your sister, right? Might as well shake her hand. Passion. Can somebody give the Lord a passionate praise here tonight? Come on, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Come on, give Him a passionate praise. Oh no, give Him a passionate praise. Pastors, you better wake up. Give Him a passionate praise. Go get a revelation of the word passion. Be a passionate individual, energetic, infused by the Holy Ghost. Passion. I mean, one person with passion will accomplish more than a hundred mediocre people. People love passionate people. Energetic, passionate, passionate, passionate about saving souls, passionate. Your leaders in your district will pick up on your passion when you say to them, we are gonna change the world. So where did we get this, that the church has to be this, this, this dead organisation? It should be the most dynamic place in town and it should have the most passionate people. That's why the praise and the worship should be electric. So force is the energy or the influence that changes things. It also means ability. The talent, the skill, the proficiency to do something. Notice all three of them basically is to get the job done, to do something. So you receive the Holy Ghost, you receive power, and there's a purpose for it. Not to glow, not to have a goosebump, not to shandai, hundai, tie my bow tie, a lot of people that, that, that talk in tongues and they change nothing. Hello? It's like those women in Ukraine said, uh, uh, I watch that thing all the time. Um, the one Canadian soldier that went with a sniper and the sniper got killed and he was still there. And he's a Christian and he said, we don't need you to pray for Ukraine. Now I don't care, what's, I don't know what side you are, Russia, Ukraine, that's your political viewpoint, whatever it is. It's not very difficult to figure out what is evil and what is good. But in any case, um, being on Russian TV, well, I'm off TV now. So um, he said, we don't need your prayers. We need weapons. Some people don't need your prayer. They need your comfort. They need your presence. They need your encouragement. They need your love. 
They need you to go and find them. They need a word of wisdom from God. I'm not saying don't pray, but sometimes all we do is we pray and then we do nothing. I mean, young people, I look at you sometimes and I'm shocked at while we praise and worship God that you sit on your lazy backside and you can't worship God. What the heck is wrong with you? Preaching in Johannesburg, the place almost full this morning. And I watch a lot of young people while the power of God's moving, sitting there like this. And they're Christian. And I'm thinking, what kind of Christian are you? If you were in the club last night, you wouldn't sit like that. But you treat Jesus like that. And you think it's okay. You've got no passion for the things of God. And you think it's okay. It's not okay, man. You're lukewarm. You better get over yourself and bring your hands back in the air and get your voice back and get your praise back and get your song back. Come on, get off your, your rusty dusty tonight and give the Lord a praise in the name of all. Oh, I'll come there myself and lift you out of your seat. So it means potential, the quality, the ability that leads to success. That's the power He promises. It means strength, the quality or state of being strong. So I know we feel weak at times, but God says to Paul that even when he cried out to God in a moment of weakness, God says he realizes that God's strength is perfected in His weakness. And later on, He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, moments do not define us. It's the journey that defines us. You may have moments where you sit down, but you better get up and walk much more than you sit down. And you have to remind yourself of who you are, whose you are, and what you have received. And sometimes it's okay to be in a valley, but you better don't pitch your tent in that valley. You better get back in the presence of God and allow the Holy Ghost to lift you up in the name of Jesus Christ and remind you of who you are. And you better get back out of that place of despair and darkness and you walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on, emotion will follow motion. When you change your attitude and you change the way you do things, you are gonna change your emotions on the inside and you are gonna see people respond in Jesus' Name. You have to walk differently. Have to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost in the Name of Jesus Christ. You have to be more passionate than everybody else at university. You have to. I mean, my lemma gets up, he's passionate about what he says. He might be or 10% of the time or whatever you wanna say, but he's passionate. So he's got a red brigade because he's passionate. He believes what he says. He's a leader. Now don't sit there now and say, I criticise your leader, please. Get that chip off your shoulder. I said, you can get excited when he talks, but then you sit on your lazy backside when you come to church. You get passionate about burning something, but you cannot be passionate about Jesus Christ. 
see a girl when she falls in love, she tells everybody with passion. What's lacking in the church? Passion. What's lacking in people's witness? Passion. It's like Jesus is this by the way thing. And if we don't get that back, He ain't sending revival. He's not coming to people that treat Him with disrespect. By the way, I'll show up when I feel like it. It's not going to work. You're going to have to change some things, CRCE. You have to change your attitude toward the things of God. Change your attitude towards God. Change our commitment. Change our fervor. Change our conversations and not have conversations with lukewarm Christians out there and choose to be one of His fiery ones that influences people. I said, choose to be one of His influences. Choose to be one of His disciples. Choose to be one of His torches. Choose to be one of His passionate followers in the Name of Jesus Christ. Choose to be the one that's radically sold out to Jesus Christ. Otherwise, what is different between you and the person in the world? You know, Andre and I, we're reaching a guy that owns a Kayer plaque. Don't want to say who it is. And we are going to reach him and bring him to church at some time. But he's passionate about his business and he has no problem to say, Hey, you must come. And he says, But you know as pastor, we're going to because we ride bikes. So we're not going to look like Christians. And we bring all our friends and we're not going to look like Christians when we get there. He says, You must not come. And he always begins to drink. I say, Man, I have a problem with us to drink. I am Jesus. I am a friend of Sondar. So the more you drink, the more I will talk with you. Because if you drink, I will give you a crowd on the place where you will get but you as a Christian can not every time every time drink. Because you are not like those people. You have no betrayals. You can't stand there and sit and sip. You can't just be world and think you're going to world break. You want to drink wine, drink alone with your wife. Drink in your home. You want to drink with somebody else? Have one glass, not more. You don't drink with everybody else and talk with everybody else and they want to tell them about Jesus Christ and then we sing, Jesus made the difference in me. Okay, I'm singing singing where there are no notes on the piano, okay? That's a skill. Jesus made the difference in me. Once my heart was bound by sin, but now, praise God, I'm free. No, no, man, I'm not trying to sing. Jesus made the difference in me. And then people look and say, what's the difference? You're still quacking like a duck. You're still walking like a duck. You still sound like a duck. What's the difference? Sunday you come, Jesus made the difference in me. Jesus made the difference in me. Friday night. Sunday, Jesus made. And you wonder why the person doesn't want to come with you to church. 
I said, you wonder why the person doesn't want to come with you to church. We don't need young people that are sitting with one foot in the world and one foot in the church. Listen to me tonight. You don't need to become like everybody else in the world to reach the world. You don't have to lose yourself when you become successful in business. I've seen this too often. Back in the day when revival hit people, the first thing they did is they got rid of the bar, they got rid of the alcohol. I mean, I used to go into homes and then where there was this massive bar, everything was smashed and broken out, etc., etc., because the person parted, repented, broke with. So that when people walked into the home, they saw, oh my word, this person has changed. Not become religious, but the person changed. The person changed. Waar die huis die keierplek was, is die huis nou die aanbiddingsplek. Come on. Now people come there to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. People come there to have an encounter with Jesus Christ. Otherwise, they're going to look at you and say, you are just like me. You now have Jesus, but nothing changed. Oh, come on. We are talking about power. When you receive the Holy Ghost, you will receive power to be a witness. I'm not talking about legalism, but my brother and my sister, God breaks the desire. God breaks the chain. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. God brings you out of Babylon to be a Daniel, a Shadrach, a Meshach, and a Abednego. You become His torches, His light bearers, His people shining in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Because you were blind, now you see. You were lost, now you are found. Come on, you were broken, now you are fixed by the power of the Holy Ghost. Otherwise, what he, where's the power? Where, where? I'm not saying that your encounter with God is not real, but listen, listen, listen. People in the world are not ashamed about the clubs and the pubs and the hangout places they go to. And I was there before I got saved. Then when I got saved, I became radical for Jesus Christ. Still am. But you're not going to see me in a restaurant somewhere drinking, smoking, trying to reach people. You're not going to see it. Because my life changed. And, and I, if, if you want to drink, drink in the confines of your house. Not with your friends. You're supposed to reach your friends. Because their souls matter to God. I said their souls matter to God. Your relatives matter to God. The person you chilled with on Friday night, that person matters to God. And you were the last person that possibly could have saved that person. So when you receive power, you receive all these things we spoke about and it's, it's a power that transforms you inside out and turns you into a witness for Christ. Not talk, talk, talk. The kingdom of God is not in talk, but in power. So people who used to know you, who see you now, 
Pastor Jerry was a fighter. Hy en sy broers, berig gewees hier in die noorde van Pretoria, het baie kroon leeg gemaakt, bollige rol. Nou, hy slaan nie iemand nie. Ek denk sy eerste of tweede jaar, toe hy gered was, toe slaan nie iemand. Toe sê ek vir my, jy kan nie met die ons slaan nie. Is voorbij, daar, daar is voorbij. Ek weet ons wil, maar jy mag nie, jy kan nie. Jy kan nie, kost die babel sê, an elder may not be a brawler. So it's over. You have to let it go. Certain things you can't do. Certain things that are left behind. Certain things that you are no longer. So when we talk about power, you know, when you live a life of compromise, there's no power. You live a life of double-mindedness, there's no power. And, and, and I say this to young people all the time, your greatest attraction is your purity. If Satan can, can, can take your purity and make you look like Babylon, nobody's interested in you. You're just one of, the, of, of your friends. You're just one of the crowd. Je vloekt soos allemaal, je rooks soos allemaal, je drinkt soos allemaal, je is een racist soos allemaal, en je denkt dat is christenskap. I'm not judging you, but don't grace, 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 grace me. Grace changes you, man. Grace breaks the power of sin. Grace transforms you into the image of Jesus Christ. Grace doesn't leave you where it finds you. Grace changes you. Come on, in Jesus' name. Grace breaks the power of sin over your life. That's what grace does. Doesn't leave you. Doesn't leave you in a place of sin. It breaks the shackles. It opens the prison door. But many young people have chosen to go walk back into those prisons. Weekly, you expose yourself and willfully you walk back. At some stage, you know, it's like a pendulum that swings. If you don't come to your senses by the Holy Ghost, at some stage, you're going to flip to the wrong side. And you're gambling. And you don't want to do that. You want to make up your mind where you stand. Because lukewarm people, really let me say this, and I'll say it as nicely as I can. Lukewarm people are an obstacle to God's kingdom. People with one foot in the world, one foot in the church, in the sight of their friends are an obstacle. Rather be totally in the world. Until you come to your senses. But don't Jesus one day, and the very next minute, every other word comes out of your mouth. Don't Jesus the one minute, and the next minute you're like everybody else. You have to make up your mind. Tonight. Tonight. You sit there with your three friends and you're the only one that God is talking to. They're not interested in God. Haven't you figured it out that some people aren't interested in God? That some people just want Christianity at the level that they want to live and God has to fit in with that? Where is it in the Bible? When you walk with Jesus, it requires change. So we so young people go there because they can, they can drink and smoke and party and the pastor doesn't put condemnation on them. I'm not putting condemnation on you. I'm telling you how it is. You give your life to Jesus Christ, then there is just certain things that's no longer befitting to you as a believer. You've come out of darkness. You've come 
out of bondage. You were children of darkness, now you are children of light. Walk as children of the light. Don't be like Lot's wife and look back at Sodom and Gomorrah and you think you have lost something. You have lost nothing. There's nothing in the world for you. Jesus paid the price for your redemption. He paid the price for your freedom. He paid the price for your salvation and He gave you the Holy Ghost. I said He gave you the Holy Ghost to bring you out in the Name of Jesus Christ. There's no boyfriend worth your salvation, worth your virginity, worth your purity, worth your personality. There's no man alive on earth that is worth it, girl. You don't sell out to anybody in Jesus' Name. You belong to Him. I said you belong to Him. I said you belong to Him. You belong to Jesus Christ. You were bought with a price. Therefore glorify Him in your spirit and glorify Him in your body and walk as a child of God. Walk in the power. Walk in the force of the Holy Ghost. Walk in the ability of the Holy Ghost. Walk in the potential of the Holy Ghost and be that person that is dynamically different on a mission to change a world for the glory of God. Say Amen tonight and give Him one more praise everybody in this place in Jesus' Name. I understand addictions and things that people want to get from, away from, but um, normally people that are addicted, they do this stuff by themselves. Always remember when you do something, somebody else is watching and whatever you do can cause somebody else to stumble. And if you do what you do with your friends and your relatives, you will stop them from coming to Christ because they're waiting to see the change in you. They don't need your talk. They need to see. Jack has changed. They need to see. I said he sell any. So I said he sell any. But the heck's happened to her. Oh, have you become all religious now? No. I'm free. I'm free. I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm free and I love you too much to do what I used to do because now I want to see you saved. And that means there's certain things you don't do, certain conversations you don't have, certain words that don't come out of your mouth. Huh? You know when I got saved, Ek was soos meeste van julle voor julle gered is, of nog steeds nie, ek speel soma. Ek het soos een matroos gepraat, verstaan jy, byvoeglike naamwoorde, bywoorde, alles het byvoeglike naamwoord en een bywoord gehad. En dit was alles die selle woord gewees. Ek, nie, ek weet nie wat die woord was nie, maar het was die selle. Net een verskillende uitdrukking van die woord. Die woord was alombeskryflik. I got saved. And God just took it out of me. It's just like, it's just like, and I tried how many times to stop swearing, etc. I got saved and it was just like, it was just taken out of me to want to fluke. Huh? Now God did this for many of us and for many of you, but you've gravitated little by little back. And you've lost your power, you've lost your witness. 
Now, God is a God of mercy. You should be a, for, a throne of grace. And a message like this would be to bring you to your senses, not for your sake. You might be on your way to heaven as a carnal Christian, but your actions may be stopping other people from entering heaven. And you have to think about that. Because now it's no longer about you and your life and your enjoyments and your wants. Now it's about your responsibility, that your actions have consequences. And sometimes on those that you love dearly, that if you don't change them, they will stop people from entering heaven. Do you understand that? It's not worth going with your mates on a Friday night and drinking 10 shooters or whatever young people drink. And then you sit here on a Sunday and it's good for you to be here on a Sunday. But where's your friends? Where are they? Where are the guys that you were with on Friday night? Why aren't they here tonight? Why? Why do you follow them and they don't follow you? Why? Who's the influencer? The darkness in them or the light in you? Oh, they're not open to the things of God. I wonder why. I wonder why. Because they're not witnessing the change. Which is what the Holy Spirit comes to bring. Change. So when He comes, He does what? He comes to bring conviction. So that we can look, not with condemnation, but push the pause button and stop just living a life where you just have to fit God in. No, 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 no. He saved you to be a witness. He saved you for a purpose. And your life and your actions and your words are influencing people all the time. I cannot overemphasize the importance of this. And if they do not see change in your life, or they see, because that's what people in the world like to do as well. You got saved, now those people are going to, and you don't hang out with them and drink with them, etc. Now they're going to do everything in their power to get you back. And if they get you back once, they've got you. And somehow it appeases their conscience to say, well, we don't feel bad anymore. We don't feel guilty. We're okay. Think about your friends tonight. Think about your relatives tonight. Think about the opportunity you have as a Christian. The law of influence is one life influencing another life and potentially the whole world is changed. So who's influencing who? Darkness, light or light darkness? Who is the influencer? The one who is not saved or the one who is saved? Who has the power? The one who is still bound by darkness or the one that proclaims he has seen the light? The Bible says you are children of the light. Walk as the light. And I'll say it again, if you take your wife on a date, I have no problem with it. I don't have a problem with people drinking wine, etc. within moderation. The Bible is very clear on that. That's not the issue. The issue is you can't continue the way you did. Just everywhere, just do what you want to do and think there is no repercussions and consequences. Your friends are watching you. They're listening to you. And I said to him with the two people, but you better begin to for Christus. And you better begin to say that your life makes sense. Maybe not for you, but it makes sense in other people's lives. And as you did this, then begin to say, you don't have to say for yourself, man. Because this is the 
die, die, die hoogtepunt van selfsucht is dat jy net leven vir jouself. Doen wat jy wil doen, gaan wat jy wil gaan, en jy die saak moet nie rest nie. And then Sunday, Jesus made the difference in me. Jesus, Monday. Where's the difference? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. The world has to see the difference. I want every head bowed, every eye closed, no one moving tonight, please. This is not a heavy, but without this, we will not see a youth revival and we will not see what God promised us, where, where, where there's not consecration and surrender to the greater plan of God for our lives. You're sitting here tonight and you say, Pastor, I need to surrender. They're in Potsdam, in Bloemfontein, in Cape Town, Johannesburg. I need to surrender my life to Jesus. Then you come tonight and you surrender every area of your life to Jesus. You clean that house tonight. You make a decision tonight and you receive God's grace and God's power and you leave this place changed to live for Jesus Christ. Maybe you served God at one time but you've grown cold, you've wandered away from Him. Hey, tonight God's talking to many of you because people are waiting on the other side of your obedience. And this is your moment to make your decision for Jesus Christ and to surrender everything to Him. You may be sitting with your boyfriend. Your boyfriend will not stand with you before Jesus one day. Not even your wife, not your mother, not your father, not your ancestors. You will stand before Jesus alone one day. And tonight you stand before the throne of grace where you can receive God's forgiveness and God's mercy and a new beginning. But tonight I believe there are many of you, you have to come to your senses and you have to Say, that's it. I'm giving it all to you, Jesus. Is God talking to you tonight? You say, I want to surrender my life. I want to put everything in the hands of God. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I want to come back to Jesus. God's talking to me tonight. If that's you tonight, quietly, wherever you are, just slip your hand up. I want to say a prayer for you quickly. All over this place, lift your hand up. Raise it up, raise it up. Unashamedly, raise it up. There's no shame yet. Thank you. Many hands, raise it up. Raise it up. God bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. Raise it up, raise it up. This is just having honest conversation. Raise it up, raise it up. Raise it up, raise it up. Jesus made the difference in me. Raise it up. Jesus is going to make the difference tonight. Jesus. One more time, you've not raised your hand. Then Bloomberg, lift your hand. Say tonight, yes. Say your yes tonight. Lift it up in Jesus' name. God bless you, bless you. Amen. Look at me. Many, 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 many of you have raised your hands. Um, you know Christianity we have defining moments and God will use a message like this just to bring you back on track you can't just go on in the direction you are going it's not okay it's like young people always look at us and they think we don't know what we're talking about etc you know I lived a bad life a riotous life a party life a wild life I don't know many people that are as wild as I was before I was saved, factual. And Jesus saved me. And when I got saved, I had to make a decision. Other my friends came to church or I left them. And they wouldn't come. I never left them. They wouldn't come and follow me. Because I found Christ. Some of them came 
they were not interested. Came to church, they were not interested. But then, when I was 18, 19, 20, 21, university, and we did the Soki Soki in the race. Kijk, it can be paradise. It's not going to be anchored. Because now dance with every girl who comes to this is now, look at that. This is the beloved land. You all know where I'm talking about. This is the beloved land. In any case. And all dance with all. Thank God I was anchored. I was anchored. And I was in a church. Although a little church, I was in a church. So people today, young people think, times are different. Times might be different, but people are exactly the same. Those girls were as easy as they are today. Believe me. Don't think your mom wasn't easy. I might have dated her. about my mother like that. How did you think you got ya? You think she was always so holy and pious? No. You are her offspring. Yeah, true. Absolutely true absolutely true she was the girl I dated not the girl I dated but the generation I dated and they were wild tell your mother the pastor says ma jylle was wild nee nou sta kyk nou hier so staan die mense wat wat a sekere ouderdom is nou staan hulle so en sê oi toch man hoe kom jy my kind nou vertel want ons moet iemand moet hulle die waarheid vertel Want hulle dink as iets fout met hulle. But they just a chip off the block. And somewhere you found the way. And you have to help them find the way. And you have to help them be different. Amen. And I want to say to young people that um, many of you hold a key to bring your parents to Christ. Because your parents aren't radically saved. I'm not judging your parents. They're not radically saved. You, as a 17-year-old, 16-year-old, hold the key to bring Jesus to your entire family if your parents see the change in you. We have so many parents that have joined our church because they saw the change in the teenager that was rebellious. And they, they said, it can only be God. Look how my child changed. They changed. That's what people are looking for. So you come to church, you can't still be that rebellious, disrespectful teenager towards your mother. You were that. Now you have Jesus. You know, I say this with the greatest shame, and I've repented a million times. But before I got saved, I said swear words to my mother. It's one of the things I'm the most ashamed of in my life. I got saved and since then I've been trying to make up to be honorable and loving and caring for my mother, etc. You, Christian young person, you never show disrespect or dishonor to your parent. Ever. Ever. You're not a brat. 
You're the child. They're the parent. And if you're a Christian, you show them the respect and honour. No backchat. Because that's what people in the world do. They backchat. They root. So we talk about power, then your mother that you disrespected needs to see that you changed and that you have love and respect for your mother, for your father. Otherwise, your Christianity becomes questionable. Because when you receive Christ, you receive power to change. There's, there's, there's one command in the New Testament that goes from the Old Testament, and it is honor your parents that it may be well with you and that you may live a long life. It's the only one of the Ten Commandments that go from the Old Covenant to the New Covenant. The only one that Jesus is not willing to renege on. Honor. Whether they deserve it or not, you're the child. They brought you into this world. Had it not been for them, you wouldn't be here. You don't back chat. I will not wear that a kind in CRC, a overflow. Ek self sal jou mond kom uitwas met sunlight seep, met, met flippen jig en met elke liewe middel wat beskikbaar is om jou gered te kry. Are you listening? Get over yourself, teenager. Walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. One day you'll be a parent. Right now you're a child. And it's not your place to judge your parents. Even if your dad drinks every night, it's not your place to judge your dad. Because we don't know where you're going to be when you're 50 years old. So until then, just shut up. And once you have raised children, then you will know what it is to a parent. Until then, appreciate your parents, love your parents, honour your parents, Pray for your parents, serve your parents, because that is pleasing in the sight of God. And that will show them that Jesus is real in your life. Amen. Amen. Put your hand on your heart. Pray this with me, all of the young people, all over our country tonight. Pray this. Say, Lord Jesus, tonight I give you my life. I surrender every area of my life to you tonight. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you died for all my sin. I believe you rose from the grave. I believe you are alive. Tonight, I surrender, I resurrender myself to you. Thank you for a new beginning. Thank you for the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ that washes me white as snow tonight. Here I am, Lord. Take all of me and use me for your glory and empower me to reach my world for Jesus Christ. Amen. And amen and amen. Come on, give Him a big praise, all of you. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.